This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Today's show is sponsored by SeatGeek. Tired of getting slammed by hidden ticket fees on SeatGeek? The price you see is the price you pay every time. No hidden fees, no surcharges at checkout ever. Download the SeatGeek app today and start saving. SeatGeek is your ticket to amazing sports ticket deals. You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. Tiki Tiki Timbo, no Sarimbo, Cherry Barry Ruchi, get the pit, baby Timbo. It's the Bad Christian Podcast. Tiki Tiki Timbo, no Sarimbo. Joey, what are those words from there? You seem prepared today. I like it. You had it was a, a kid's weeks book, off and 1968 picture book tiki, written tiki, by Ariane no Mossel and illustrated by Blair Lynch. Now, why were you looking that up on Wikipedia? Yeah, why was that? <laughs> it was I nice wouldn't mess that you it up. words, though. So I wouldn't mess it up. Tiki Tiki Timbo, no Sarembo, Charibari Ruchi, Pip Perry Pimbo. Okay, well, Dummies. I'm totally lost on why, what that has to do with anything or why you do it, but it did make you sound prepared for your beatbox, and I did like it, and I am glad to see you guys again after a week off vacation now i don't mean a week off well, as in we didn't have the podcast last week no my friends we did because we prepared ahead we're still not we love them. well i wouldn't say we all got a week point. off we're we didn't all get a week off here man well me and not Joey every did. not every yeah not everybody got a week off how so and well let me let me just start by by saying this i'm in the middle of moving yeah i'm, I'm gonna uh, you know what i'm gonna save this bit of information but Whoever's listening right now, you're going to find out something about me huge in the next few minutes, but I'm not going to talk about that right now because you know what I want to talk oh, about? You're going to put pictures it. of yourself on the, online? No, no. I am going. Now you made me lose my train of thought. You were talking about how you I had, know, had a week I off had to, we had I had to still work on this podcast, and I did an interview completely on my own. That's the first one that the I've Keith done. Keith Repolt one. Yep, Keith Repolt. And I want to say... It's, it's the best bad Christian interview yet. Really? <laughs> yeah, I just want to say that. Okay. I, I mean, you know, I can say it. I don't know if y'all. Yeah, but I think in all you seriousness, listen, did you enjoy doing it by yourself? Because I, to, I, I really feel bad when we do our interviews because I, you know I'll get on a train of thought and I really want to ask five or six questions in a row, but it's, I'm probably either going to get interrupted or I'm going right. to sound like I'm doing all the talking. So I imagine, like when I do it for break it down and other stuff, I really enjoy doing interviews by myself. But you hadn't done that before. Did you really like it? Or was it yes. weird? No, I, I loved it. I thought it would be possibly weird. Now, one thing I want to get clear, Keith Repolt is, like, so awesome. I feel like we might be friends now. <laughs> like, really, <laughs> I, I really like him a lot. And uh, we had a really good rapport. And his story's crazy. I mean, he went from nothing to, like, the second biggest porn distribution on the West Coast. And then he made, like, over 100 porn films. And the dude literally is just totally saved and does not have guilt and shame. It's That's just it, like it made me feel so good. And we like kind of we just talked about stuff in life and we joked around. It was like two dudes talking. I really enjoy talking to him a lot. And you're right, Matt. It's funny. I was like, oh, what if I run out of things to say? Nah, you, don't, you don't. And you don't get interrupted. Well, just picture this. Like think about every conversation you had. If you met somebody at a bar who had any kind of halfway interesting story, you could talk to him for 45 minutes. No problem. Right. Yeah. And so I think I don't I'm not suggesting it's necessarily a problem with our format, but it is funny. Sometimes the the 
multi-location, multi-voice, hijack stuff. So we make the best of it. But to me personally, I wouldn't mind if we did some interviews one at a time. I think that wouldn't be a lazy thing, but actually it could be an interesting way to get different perspectives to let Joey do a whole interview or me do a whole interview sometimes. I'd be into it. I totally 100% agree. And the biggest thing is you're right. I still like, okay, just when you're talking to somebody, you're a lot of times the topics can hop around, right? Mm -hmm. But with it just being me, I was able, the questions I really wanted to ask Keith, I was able to bring back. Like we might get off on a tangent about whatever, Mm -hmm. which is just natural and fun, but I was able to bring it back if, if I chose to, or I'm like, Ah, we're, we're in a great, way better place than I planned, right. so let's just roll with it. So it was really awesome. Well, thank yeah. you for working while we were on vacation, Toby. I appreciate that. And I wanted to say, like, for example, I didn't have to go, hey, Keith. And I didn't, hey, Keith, repulsive? Is it your last name, <laughs> repulsive? <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, Keith, you believe in Jesus? <laughs> or, <laughs> or, uh, now, Keith, um, I just, uh, uh, I want to ask you a question here, and I, I, I don't know if I sound, I'm not doing a good math, am I? I don't know if I sound, um, Keith, but in the production of the pornography films, I was just, I'm doing a terrible math. You sound like Ross (laughs) Can I talk? Can I finish? Can I talk? Uh, I can't do a good, good Matt yet. I got to think of a good way. I was trying to think of what Matt would say to Keith. That's a good, that's a good point though. So like when it's the three of us, we can't circle back. Right. Once we go somewhere else, there's no way to bring it back unless you are really aggressive. Have y'all ever found yourself when the three of us are doing an interview you feel yourself like I'm going to get mine. Like I'm, I got to be aggressive with this because this is good. Like what I Sometimes. have to say, it's good. I got to work it in there. Uh, yeah, there's probably been a few that. times. That's my typical yeah. thought. Overall, though, I do think I'm, I'm moving us on. <laughs> Thank you. Overall, I think yeah, I think we should do. I would like. I, here's the other thing too. I I've heard the interviews when we all do them together, so that's me listening to it a second time. It'd be really fun to hear Joey interview right. somebody like Keith as well, because you would ask him different questions, which I think would be really good too. And you would, you know, either you know, however that would go. So in the future, yes, I vote one of us or two of us maybe leave. <laughs> and the, interview, <laughs> the interviews could be better. But with that being said, I don't want to hear too much. But how how was who had the best vacation? Who had the better one? You think? Ours I'd was great. Joey's probably. Ours was great. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna vote I mean, Joey. Yeah, I, yeah, Joey's I, I, I would agree just from the standpoint, if I was in Matt's shoes, I would not have taken that vacation with George's age. Um, like Going to for, Disneyland. For example, if we just had Thank Waylon, we wouldn't have gone to D.C. and New York City. But our kids are at an age to where they just loved it. But I'll tell you this. I never thought that I would actually drive our family's minivan in Times Square. <laughs> but we had to do that. Instead of going to our hotel first and riding the subway to go see The Lion King, we ended up being in a time crunch, and so we drove straight to the Broadway show, and I was in time, Times Square rush hour traffic. I mean, for a Southern Golly. boy, grow, you know, growing up in James Island, yeah. it's crazy. I was like, I'm in Times Square. I don't get intimidated, and y'all, I just turned into a New York driver. This taxi yep, got my cool. way. I slammed on the horn <laughs> and jerked the wheel, and I was like yelling in the car just to make everybody laugh, but I just became like an aggressive New York driver. I just fit the mold, man. That's but good. no, it was fun. We, uh, I was, oh, I loved uh, going to Ford's Theater and seeing all that history and stuff. Do y'all get blown away by, like, for example, at the Smithsonian, we actually saw the actual hat that Lincoln wore the night of his death. Is that intriguing to you guys, or y'all like, who cares? Not really to me. Yeah. I mean, I got a hat. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Are you serious? Yeah. I mean, I have a hat. So I do uh, think Joey's vacation is probably better. I like New York, and I think that would be better. Like it would have been more enjoyable in a some kind of direct way. But to be honest, I would have to say our vacation was tremendously better than than I thought it would be. It, it really was. So first of all, it was awesome because I got mega good deals on stuff. We had a a friend, a guy named Eric, 
uh, who works at the park that got us in. So that was $500 worth of park tickets that we didn't have to pay for. Flights were cheap, like $99 each way. And then we got a $120 hotel yeah. room. And so we probably spent $1,000 on Mickey ears and, you know, overpriced wow. park food. But That's it was, crazy. you know, but the overall to get to get to do that. And I will say that I thought 100% Georgia's too little to go to G- Disney World, but uh, I don't think there could have been a more perfect age. And awesome. I'm going to take a more tender approach here than my normal cynical one and say that it was just the perfect age. And seeing her do that stuff was just sweeter than I could have imagined. And, it, you know, she understood what it was going in. She knew the characters. Um, we had a reserved spe- seating spot for the fireworks in front of the castle. And, and seeing that with the music and everything they did and seeing her experience that and really just be into it and know what was going on was like crazy like it was very like profound i can see what disney world disneyland and disney does it's it's pretty amazing so do you we think that's the time. first time you've experienced love it might it might be <laughs> but it's got like, me on this is that whole... what you would describe it as is yes that, like all the things you're saying like you actually felt like man this is love yes Exactly. Uh, Matt, I'm so happy for you. It's well, like you had your virgin experience of love. Yeah, right. I mean, well, it's interesting because... You popped your cherry, my friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> your love cherry. <laughs> well, so, but the thing about it is, yeah, I'm a little sentimental about it if you think about it, and it's got me thinking, because I know I do the, the dissociated, more cynical thing, so I'm going to take a, a different approach today. Um, for instance, I was on record recently as saying that uh, childbirth is not a miracle, which right. I will maintain. It's not a miracle by any okay. definition. It's happened to everybody on earth and it, the, all the processes are widely understood there's no it, you know it, childbirth is not a miracle however let me say something about having a kid or childbirth that i do think it you know may represents the more sentimental side and that might is, be miraculous you're saying no it's not miraculous okay childbirth okay. is not a miracle i'm not unwavering okay. on that however okay i will call childbirth and having a kid i'm going to call it the great equalizer okay i'm going to say that there's something neat and special about it in the sense that no matter what, uh, having a kid, at least for not no matter what, but for the most part, when you have a kid and get that connection that people try to describe, that is the, the amazing thing. And so that's like you're honored to have a kid. You feel you actually feel love when you try to describe that what that's like. It's a privilege that you get this kid when it comes into the world. It's a, a huge responsibility also, but in a positive way. And you have that bonding team mentality with you, the kid and your spouse, typically in that. And there's you, you see this kid come into the world and there's all this potential. And it's just it really is like you just see the, the this blank slate of potential there and you, you feel like it's significant and you have a significant role. So I think those are among the best feelings that you can have, especially when it's coupled with the, the responsibility part and the potential, because it's not just pure joy, happiness, you know, pleasure or whatever. So I think it's that's really, really uh, some of the best human feelings that you could ever have is that list I, I just said. Now, here's what's interesting about it. You can't buy those, and anybody on earth is, aside from people that can't have kids or don't, uh, has access to that. And so I think it's the great equalizer. Uh, it's probably, you know, you, you think of just rich people and all these powerful people in the world or whatever. They don't get childbirth any better. It doesn't, it's no better for them than the poorest, most marginalized person ever can have a child and and they're right there with that set of... That's true, man. Do you know what I'm saying? So yeah. it doesn't matter. You can't pay for that. You can't buy it. In fact, I'm going to suggest that the more powerful, the more significant you are, the more significant you see yourself, the more rich you are, I would a- almost argue that you you can't really have as much, much satisfaction with a kid having a child bringing into the world and doing those ex- experiences with it. So, I mean, if you think about it, like who who gets more 
joy out of childbirth, which I'm saying is probably the greatest single human thing. Like we're wired for that to be the most significant thing, more than a, a paycheck bonus, a movie role, anything. We're, we're wired to understand that, to feel it, and to know its significance. And everybody gets access to it. So I call it the great equalizer. But who gets more out of a childbirth? Uh, a, a villager lady in Mexico or Gwyneth Paltrow? Same. Well, it's the same, or you might could argue that celebrity and powerful people might be even a little more distracted and not even able to weigh it for what it is or see it as, as special as it is. Like, you know, think about it this way. How about blue-collar guy in your community group who's trying to tell you how special the childbirth was and trying to express that? Or Alex Rodriguez. You know, he's been with a ton of women, date strippers, Madonna, has this and that, dated Kate Hudson, makes billions of dollars, done all this stuff. He's A-Rod. He's, you know, played for the Yankees, all this stuff. I, I don't think that he gets more out of childbirth than the blue-collar guy in your community group. I'd say the same or less. Those are the, really only the two options. You're saying the richer you are, the less you might actually enjoy. Like the 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 beauty the right the stuff that people would say is miraculous to them. Like miraculous saying, is not may, the right may, word. Don't use that word. No, no. Yes. I'm just saying that the, the the people would say that the people that would say that think that. But Alex Rodriguez maybe couldn't even experience it that way. It'd be less. It's like less. It would, I mean, it when, you, be when you hit grand him, slams it, yeah. in Yankee Stadium and you're a b millionaire right. billionaire and you have, you've you been with tons of women and you have everything in the world to you, I mean, you know, I'm not saying he's a bad dad. I'm just using that as an example. I'm just saying he probably spends less time around his kids and probably gets less out of, of that than, than I do or, or some other, other person. So I'm just calling childbirth a wonderful, sweet thing that really is the great equalizer, whereas power, money, and those things, you know, I think it actually levels the playing field and gives people access to really some of the greatest joys that there are in life you have access to regardless. I mean, a peasant in mid-1600s uh, England, same, same exact experience that Alex Rodriguez can have today. Nothing, None of his money or power, and I'm not singling him out for any reason other than he popped in my head, but, you know, that, that's, uh, that's something that everybody has access to. It makes you feel, you know, completely present in, in that moment. So that moment, watching Georgia see those fireworks and be profound in that way and get it, it's like such a present moment that, that you're sucked into with your kids. Childbirth's another one. And then I'll just add to that list really quickly. I love things in the world that are, that are really intense because it makes you be super present. So, like, for, I know this is a little off topic, but if I'm in the ocean and crushed by waves, like if I get slammed around and I'm swimming to survive in the ocean, I love that feeling because it's like everything else goes away and I'm just present there. I feel like emergencies and natural disasters are that way. And I feel like uh, when you're doing something really hard or difficult, but it's with other people, I think that's among the most rewarding combination of things. So you enjoy a lot of people dying? It's interesting. It's, it helps you feel really present. I mean, it's terrifying. And you know what I mean? Like emergencies, childbirth, uh, fighting to breathe in, in a wave in the ocean. I like those, those things. Well, I'll say this. As, as well as you have articulated that and as epic as, as you have correctly expressed what you just did, it really does, and I'm going to be a downer, it really makes you, because I, I just re-watched uh, 12 Years a Slave, and I would say, Matt, you are, are right. Tell ya. But, but imagine the, the time era when for the black community that was not true because you could be separated from your kids. Oh, yeah. I mean, those, yeah. those scenes in that movie, it's just heart-wrenching to see that stuff. And I would imagine there's probably cultures... I mean, there's got to be cultures where people d aren't able to be guaranteed yeah. to be with their kid. Uh, oh, but yeah. That's so 
but that's so crazy. Like our kids are the most valuable thing that are in my house. And Priscilla and I had sex to get it. Yeah, right. That's what I'm saying. The whole process is pretty, pretty cool. And it makes me just think of this way. I'm not trying to be a privileged person speaking at a turn or anything, but I mean, the mentality of we all need to get ours and the economic this and the powerful people that I don't I don't think you need to worry about. I don't even think powerful people are happier than the poor people typically. So I'm not saying poor people stop complaining, but yeah, shift your mentality a little bit like things are good. Economy's great. World's great. You have access to this. It's good. I mean, it, that's you should be more concerned with that than the disparity between this CEO and oh, I'm, I work here. Well, it's the best things in life you have equal access to and maybe better, more profound potential to run your family, to live your life, enjoy it, be present. Don't underestimate the value of that compared to yeah. a rich person. That's that's my point. Anyway, yeah. I went on a vacation that cost a couple thousand dollars and it was pretty sweet. So, yeah. Do you good. feel, did you feel coming away from your vacation uh, almost a, uh, a certain closeness with your family that was like an added element? Like you were already close, but was there an added layer of closeness when you came back or not so much? Um, because of what you went through and the traveling and all that stuff. Like I definitely feel that it's almost like a, you know, when you're a teen and you go off on a camp, you know, for a week with these kids, you kind of feel close, closer to them. It's kind of like that, but just in a deeper way. With yeah, but I think that's mitigated by the just extreme slap in the face of back, the the day after you get back home and it's a work day and you're behind <laughs> and, you're, and every, your house is a mess and all that. So right. it, it wears off pretty fast. But, you know, swimming in the swimming pool and doing that especially is pretty cool. I've got Georgia trained up pretty good. I think I'll have her off flotation by the end of summer, which means she'll be drown proof which I'm looking forward to. Nice. Hey, so if, if Jesus... I've got her swimming. I'm sorry. I'm going to brag about that, but I've got her swimming underwater currently. To, like, jump in the pool, swim underwater to me. I've got her nice. doing that already. So that's good. good start on saving her life. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Hey, it, so if Jesus came right now and started going door to door, uh, turning people's water into wine, and he did that for everybody, would it not be a miracle? <laughs> I don't understand the question. Would it not be a miracle if he did it for everybody? No, it would be a miracle because it's supernatural. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if he took grapes off of everybody's vines and put them in a vat and let them ferment by the well-documented process that we know exactly how it happens, and then, you know, 18 months later, they had an alcohol content of 12% ABV and then poured it in a glass and, ha- and said, I turned water into wine, then you would say, not a miracle. <laughs> so yeah it's not the same thing touche touche all right so toby you just sat back down because your real estate agent just called you uh yes and he is the best he said he said make sure you talk about me on the uh, on your podcast there i was like yeah i will yeah uh, make it, sure you give me one extra percent off then uh, no, he actually did okay well then two percent <laughs> off then no no man i got there's nothing wrong with <laughs> nothing wrong with barks realty adam barks realty if you are living around the south carolina uh charleston south carolina area dev i'm gonna give him a free promo because he is just the best he's so easy to work with and just gosh a hustler man he just works hard for i'm actually client. gonna tell people to go to priscilla oh yeah that's but, me but you so. could also go to joey's wife <laughs> okay so so here's what we're gonna do <laughs> yeah, his wife is also <laughs> anyway hold on let me keep talking here i want to make I, an adjustment to to our plan if that's okay with you i heard your really good right. tease of uh that you've got yes. some information and people have been asking me about you moving so obviously we've got some info here and i'm i'm excited to hear you about it, hear about it more ask some questions about it but 
I don't want to interrupt you guys later. We got to take a break soon, and I don't want to interrupt what you're going to explain to us. So I'm going to go ahead and take this moment, okay, uh, to do to thank McDonald's and go move further into oh, McDonald's Appreciation Month before we go to break. Is that okay with you guys? I actually like McDonald's. Now, I did want to say one thing about that phone call. It was really awesome that it happened right then because I could not handle the great equalizer conversation. <laughs> It was good. That great that great equalizer conversation, man. That one I was like, oh, my realtor. Oh, shoot. All right. <laughs> but this you can hang in with, and that is uh McDonald's everybody knows June is uh as you know, coined by me as McDonald's appreciation. Month. Everybody doesn't know that. Well they everybody, everybody that's that. listening does because they just heard me say it and maybe they heard me say it. You know what's neat, Matthew? You know what's neat is growing up in the eighties, we actually got to experience the McDonald's sign progressing over the years. I remember when it was over 4 billion served. I remember when it turned into over 5 billion served, and now it's billions and billions served. Isn't that cool? Yeah, I remember That's when cool. It, Can we thank McDonald's for their uh, sweet and sour sauce? I remember when I it was 25,000. No, you don't. Yes, I do. Uh, hey, Go ahead, Matt. Matt don't, is, let, don't let him try and take it. Like, he's trying to take over my you like he does my news. Matt, stuff. is McDonald's the most popular restaurant in the world? Correct. Depends. On I told how you my kids that. I mean, well, I mean, as far as the most people have been to McDonald's than any other restaurant. Well, there are more subways than McDonald's on Earth. Get out of here! But that's neither here nor there. Let me. I'll tell you some things you can appreciate. That about is so just crazy. allow me to do it, and you can appreciate them. Oh my God! McDonald's has is one of the biggest uh, forces for good in the economy. That's what I want to focus on, what it wow. does for the economy of the United States and the world. That's what I okay. want to focus on today and tell you. Just I'm going to – I'm interested. So, I'm voting for Ronald McDonald for president then. So, for instance, one in eight American workers has been employed by McDonald's. One out of what? One out of eight American workers has been employed by McDonald's. <laughs> Matt, I'm – You're kidding me. Matt, I'm literally, on a side note, praying for you to get the, the information that you have studied and researched. I'm praying for you. <laughs> Because Joey is he's on a mission. And, yeah, he's on a mission. He, to he's on a mission. I'm it, excited. I'm just praying for Matt. I'm excited. I can't believe that. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> percent. I'm, percentage. Toby, I, I'm sorry. I know you had to go through this a lot with the news. <laughs> I feel my pain. One pain. out of eight American workers. Joey, come on. Let me do it. I'm blown away. Let's just go to break. No, no, Matt, <laughs> we're in it. I want to hear it. I'm, I'm ready to hear you, this too. Wow, they Matt. open a new restaurant every 14 and a half hours. I don't know. It's not that great, <laughs> I guess. Whoa, 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 whoa. 68 14... million people a day eat, you know, get their food from, from McDonald's. They're fed I'm blown away. It, so it's I'm blown not away. That big of a deal. Wait, every 14 minutes. 14 and a half hours, they open a new store. I think that's good for the economy and jobs and opportunity. Wow. And that, getting value that food. Is... I can't even wrap my mind around that. I'm not, I'm being serious. Okay, that's we'll be serious really quietly for a little bit. Okay. Okay. I can't believe that 14, <laughs> 14 hours. Please. 14 hours. Please, you, Lord, get me the medicine that I can snort that you take for to get you to here. I mean, this is the best high. I mean, uh, uh, drugs, there are people that go to jail forever and don't get near uh, as high as you Joey and the medication right that you get over the It comes top. at the expense of others is the problem. Joey, let me give you a question. Let me give you a question. Joey's here. high on life right Every now. Every 14 let me, hours. Let me set you up with a slam dunk. Who do you think is, I mean, the, the answer could be anything. I'm not going to spoon feed you the answer, but here's the okay. question. Who is the largest toy distributor in the whole world? Largest toy distributor? Fucking McDonald's. That's right. 
McDonald's. <laughs> McDonald's distributes toys, more of them than, than any. So you can imagine the uh, impact that that has. They take in $75 million a day. And there's even an economic index known as the Big Mac Index, which is really cool. They compare jo- jo- local. Can I add a question too? Joey, what company employs the most children to make the toys? <laughs> <laughs> The little children who employ who employs the most children. I, I would assume, toys. and no matter how the toys are made, that the people <laughs> making them appreciate that opportunity. Hey, I agree. But uh, there's even a Big Mac index, which is a, a thing that economists use to compare economies. So, so for instance, that it measures the local currency um, under valuation against the dollar. So you could say that, like. You can compare the economy of France and the United States by, based on it's, it's more or less pronounced word condom. Hey, can right. you let him go? No. Joey, this? Matt, I'm sorry. It's Joey gave it to I me. Know. Joey gave it to me. I have it now. It's a, it's not economists. It's economy. <laughs> okay. Mist. Economies. Hey, don't blame your crappy jokes on me. You gave it to me. Don't blame your crappy jokes you on me. You gave it to me. Damn it, it's infectious. Yeah, it's I, it's infectious. I've almost got it now, too. Last point. Economists study the economy. Like I said, they they drive, they drive do a lot for the Apple industry, and potatoes the same way. 7% of potatoes in the United States go, to, go to McDonald's. 7%? I'm telling you, these stats are, are baffling me. So right we now. should be, just as even if you don't participate in the food just the job opportunities and Matt, can you what they've do done some... for the economy and how many businesses try to be the mcdonald's of this or that whatever it's a great inspiring thing many good things about mcdonald's i'll tell you some more in some other weeks but that's can the, i you know. can i ask a local question do, I've got a question do, the, too. do the mcdonald's in seattle do they have to increase their minimum wage to 15 dollars? yes yes they do and the, and i guess they're making it uh they mcdonald's is going to close more stores this year um than they ever have before and i'm sure that's going to be part of it the other part wow. of that is you'll see people laid off and robots taking your order very very soon i would imagine but not not so, here to weigh in on that part of it well that's cool can we that talk McDonald's, about that in the future because that's really yes we can okay. mcdonald's has increased the uh, productivity of potato products but how they cook them are killing people but i do want to ask you this matt what happened uh, can you do some research on what happened to hamburglar and grimace and that little duck girl with the red braids. Do y'all remember those cartoon characters? Yeah. Like, yeah. what the hell happened to them? They were all Ronald McDonald's friends. You got Ronald McDonald, but you don't have all those characters around. Right. Can I know that? Can you, you do some research? I it, think it can't be known. It, it, it can't it, be. Known. It cannot be known. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that's that. Now we'll uh, take a quick break, and we'll be back with some big news from Toby. And I, Wait, I'm sorry. It's not the news, not the damn news, but some big news. And then later... The damn news. So double news on the back end here. Oh, you're about to get double newsed. All right. Be right back. Well, I'll tell you what. I like going out and doing stuff with the family. Uh, what kind of stuff I, in the summer? Well, I'm just talking about events like going to baseball games, going to shows. And my it's kids, so expensive, though. I know. My kids love entertainment. and Well, it's expensive, but there's got to be a way of finding the best prices because with any sort of event, they're, they're all, there's always going to be tickets that that organization or that that uh, venue wants to sell. So why not have a company that helps you find I've got one, Joey. Can I tell you about one? Are you serious? Tell us about them, Matt. Yeah, well, SeatGeek. I mean, SeatGeek is is the best. They've made it easier than ever to buy and sell sports 
and concert tickets. Like if you ever done, tried to do it before, taking your family to an event or just take going on a date or going by yourself is great. But it can be really frustrating to buy tickets online because a lot of the sites uh, make it really complicated. They're poorly designed, and then they try to sneak fees and stuff in at checkout. So th- that's why I recommend that you try SeatGeek. So I have a SeatGeek app on my phone, and I just used it the other day to look at tickets for some baseball games because we love baseball games in the summertime here. So I highly recommend that everybody check it out. And here's how SeatGeek does it. They pull all the tickets available on all the other sites into one place so that you save time and never miss a deal. Even better, every ticket on SeatGeek is given a grade based on value so you can immediately find underpriced seats. Before you buy, you can use SeatGeek's detailed maps to see the view of your seat, which is really cool. I love that part of this is that you get to see where you're sitting and what's going to be the cheapest price. It's so awesome. So best of all, SeatGeek is always honest and upfront about the price. Unlike StubHub, SeatGeek shows you the full ticket price from start to finish and never surprises you with any of those extra fees. So with what you guys are saying, I mean, if I'm going to go to an event, I should probably go to SeatGeek first before looking anywhere. And, And our listeners today get $20, get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. Wait, so, come again? Yep. So check this out. To get your $20 rebate for tickets, download the free SeatGeek app, go to the settings tab, and click add a promo code. Enter oh. promo code BADCHRISTIAN. SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. So download the free SeatGeek app and enter promo code BADCHRISTIAN today. You're welcome. Toby, you know how you always make fun of me about not being good at technology? Um, well, I, I'm not actually making fun of you. I feel bad for you. Well... <laughs> Uh, I've got a way of convincing people otherwise. How? I'm not saying that I really am good at technology, but when I use Weebly to create a website, I look like I'm badass. You look like you're the smartest person in the world. You've done Weebly, right? Yeah, it made me look really smart. Dude, and, and what's so cool about Weebly, it was created for people with the courage to start their own business, their own podcasts, people with a dream to be their own boss. Nowadays, you got to have a website, but that's such an intimidating thing. I mean, do I pay hundreds of dollars for someone else to make it? If I try to make it, it's going to take so much time because I have to learn the system and the software and all that stuff. Right. Weebly changes the hell out of I all mean, of I that. I mean, I promise you, I never thought blubberbutt11991.com <laughs> would have blown up like it has that you made, but you've made that thing huge. <laughs> so, Maybe. hey, we're not web designers. I'm not a web designer. You don't have to know how to code to create a beautiful website, blog, or online store. Weebly is the way to go. They're making it easier and better and better, and I love companies that figure out how to save you time and money, and that's certainly what this does. And it's really about the functionality, too. It's, it's the fact that you can do it on mobile. That's the thing I think right, that's they're crazy. particularly kicking ass compared to other companies is you can make your updates and do stuff right on your mobile to your website. And that, yep. That's really amazing. And, and other than that, it's drag and drop stuff. Uh, you can customize, update, change your site anytime you want on any device. Hey, I think yeah. that really is, is the kicker. So join over 30 million people who are already dreaming big with Weebly. That means you can start your new business th- tomorrow. All you need is a website, and then you'll figure out the rest after that. Get started for free at Weebly.com slash badchristian. That's right, it's free. W-E-E-B-L-Y dot com slash badchristian. Weebly.com slash badchristian. And we're back! Matt, I'm going to tell you, um, I really enjoyed the ads, guys. That was fun. But I am, I've gotten the sickness, Joey's joke sickness. Uh, uh, JJ-itis, Joey's jokes. <laughs> I've gotten that out of me, and now I'm ready to tell some people some news. Great. Well, I will support you, and, and Joey, can you help 
can, what's your temperament going to be? Just so I know how to prepare for the next. I can't minutes. predict that. Okay. I can't predict that, Matt. All right. Well, let's just, uh, take Matt, it. why would you hold me to that? All right. I, I, that's a good answer to my question. Toby, <laughs> what's the big news? Well, my big news, guys, is, um, you sold your uh, house. Is that what you call your penis? The big news? It's not going to affect me. Keep it away from me. I'm not going to, I'm not going to become infected by your humor. Your glasses have huge lenses. You have to admit that the drugs you take um, are equivalent to illegal drugs. But you've been around me no, no, all I, day, and I didn't take medicine before this podcast. I'm just, the most benevolent thing anybody could say to you right now is this is because of drugs. That's the nicest thing anybody <laughs> could say. If it's not okay? drugs, if it's not drugs, then you're making it way worse for yourself and everybody. If this is you on just like wide open, I mean, people are begging to find out at least you're drunk or high or something like is wrong you, with you. you. Wait, is, you guys, is Priscilla serious? listening right now going, mm hmm, mm hmm. That's you what guys, I have to live with. You guys are really ignorant if y'all think that antidepressants being in your system, like if I got off anti, basically with y'all's rationale. Can I, I just tell my big news? No. Okay. Thank you. All right, guys. I no longer believe in Jesus Christ. I've been hiding it for quite a while. And, I'm serious. I didn't want to tell you guys that either. But I am quitting the church that I work at with Joey, but I don't believe in God anymore either. And I hadn't been able to tell you guys. <laughs> and this this is when I'm actually telling you. No jokes right now. Okay. All right. I actually don't think I believe in God anymore. Okay. Just kidding. Let's unpack that. <laughs> that got serious. Just for a minute, I was like, can I pull this off? Like, this is the you moment where I tell him I don't believe in God. You did. You kind of believed it. Oh, my it. gosh. I, I saw your face. With it. I, I saw your face. I'm a great actor. All right. All right. I still believe in God, but I can no longer work at a church right now. Feel, I've been feeling this way for months and months. Y'all guys and girls listening mm -hmm. probably could tell that. And you guys have here behind the scenes too, Joey and, and Matt. No, but I just uh, really feel the Holy Spirit telling me to stop working at church. Yeah, knock it off. Which though. is crazy, but it feels really true. And so uh, I can't do it anymore. So, uh, we have sold our house, and we are moving away from Charleston to Nashville, Tennessee, and I am going to be doing full-time podcasting and developing podcasts, and I'm also going to try and get into writing country music. Well, you, you have one other, you know, major thing that you do for a living. It's Don't, called Emer Emery. Right. right. I'm going to be doing a lot of that, maybe more. Hopefully now I'll have some more time. And so, uh, yeah, everybody, uh, keep me in your prayers. It is really scary. I think I, I, I told... Uh, some people this. Joey, I guess I told you too, uh, but I think I had my first panic attack the other day. Yeah. And uh, it was really weird because I felt like, oh, no, am I having a heart attack? The world feels like it's closing in around me. I don't know what's happening. And I went, wait a minute. Is this a panic panic attack? Yeah. And then how, it, it how went away. It went it away. Is, is exactly how I've heard other people describe it. And what's crazy is jacked up as I am, I, I don't know what that feels like. I've never Yeah, I've never that. had that either. And I was like, wait a minute. What in the heck is happening? I'm just sitting in my house. And, like, I laid down, and then I was like, oh, wait, hold on. What is happening? I had to actually tell myself because I, there's a lot of stress. Everybody who's moved knows when you sell a house or buy a house or trying to, we're trying to find a place to rent in Franklin, Tennessee, where we're going to be living. And uh, it's just been super crazy and stressful. And on top of that, I still have all five jobs. Like, I do, I do Emory. I do Bad Christian. I do uh, music that I'm writing myself. I do – I'm trying to – we're trying to do a, write a book, and also I have the church and all these things. Like at some point, something had to give, and I just really feel called not to work at a church anymore. And it's bittersweet. Yeah. It really is. Well, uh, I got some questions about it all right. that, that maybe other hit people me. do hit too. Hard-hitting so, hard questions. Well, I'm saying there's a whole lot of things there. So first of all, just because you feel – I mean, 
it's all together, of course, but leaving the church doesn't mean you have to leave Charleston. So first of all, the church thing alone, can you be a little more specific? You're saying, I can't handle anymore to work at a church? Mainly Joey's drug use. Yeah. <laughs> um, I can't live with that in Charleston. No, um, I think I think you're, you're going to answer my question for yeah, me. Yeah, I think the time clock is up. Like, I, I mean, I, I, on one hand, do kind of believe in, like, I think people overuse the terminology calling. But I do think that you were supposed to be at James Island Seacoast in Charleston, and I kind of think you're not supposed to anymore. I really, I kind of do believe in more of a supernatural guidance. Again, I think people use that too much to kind of get their own way, like, oh, I'm not going to do that. I don't feel called to do it. But I do feel because Toby is so committed and loyal, I mean, he is, he is for sure pushed himself to continue and be diligent and to work hard. And it finally got to a point where he's just like, I can't really do this in good conscience anymore. Is there a gritty part of it? Like church is stupid. Yeah. I mean, there is. I'm a sense in that. I'm, I'm going to let right, you say right. it with your words. Well, Don't let well me say I want I want to say it in this way. Here's what I felt like a, a probably three or four months ago. I felt, Hey, if I'm not supposed to be here, there's somebody that is, and they're not getting to do the job and I'm not doing the job I'm supposed to be doing. And I'm keeping somebody else from potentially being a worship leader here, a small group director or outreach or all the jobs that I did there. I'm keeping one or maybe more people from filling that position that they're called to do. And I am burnout on church and the system. And that negativity has been growing. And I realized, wait a minute, I'm not this negative. I like these people. I think they're trying to do good. Where's all this? I'm like, I'm being really negative here. Mm -hmm. And I realized it's because I'm not supposed to be there. And I'm forcing myself to stay here out of this loyalty and safety my job they you know they pay me well they treat me well we have benefits i love the people i work with all the things that you would say why would you leave and i'm going am i stupid this is crazy hey, you've actually had doing? those sorts of thoughts of am i doing the right thing after deciding right. that you're going to you've been like crap am right I there, there was a real time where i was like am i making a huge this is months ago seriously months six months to maybe even a, you know a year or whatever of thoughts of why am i feeling negative should i quit doing bad christian like this Seacoast Church, I, I, I mean, it's, it is safe. And I realized I was trusting in a paycheck and, and maybe benefits and stuff like that more than God because God's telling me to leave so that he can do what he needs to do with Seacoast and I can do what I need to do. But, yeah, I, I do feel burnt out on the system, and I do feel burnt out on what's going on. And, and, and this isn't just about Seacoast. It's just I'm in good conscience in you have general. a hard time doing that job. But then, yeah, right. you've got the paycheck and the benefits, and what is this other stuff that's going to be pretty crazy. So uh, that's yeah. that's. There's a lot there for sure. And, and I do. I mean, I feel really negative, like so, <laughs> so, so negative that it just can't. I, I, it's, I'm so negative that I go, wait a minute. A lot of this is me. Mm -hmm. Maybe maybe most of it. I don't know. I'm, I, like I need time to actually wade through some of my feelings I have towards church in general um, and just see why. Where did these thoughts come from and why am I feeling this way? And why have I experienced some of the things I've experienced? Because, yeah, I, I mean, I. I don't like the person I've kind of become towards church right now. And that's, that's not me. I, I hate that negative feeling that, that feels very sinful that the way I'm acting. Mm -hmm. And I, and even if I'm right about some things about the church being messed up, which I, I know I am, it's easy. Everything's messed up in, in life at some point, but I need to at least articulate that so I can explain it, not just go, yeah, this is shitty. That's not what I want to do. Mm -hmm. I want to understand why I'm feeling so, uh, mean, like I feel like a big mean person towards the church and I don't want to be a bully. I well, I think there's got to be a lot of people out there that feel that way that are in church jobs right now. That I mean, think right. about it this way. This is sad, but I think there's thousands of people that feel and felt the same way you do. Like, they shouldn't be here. They don't even know if this is right. They're struggling with it mightily, right. and they don't have the balls or the, necessarily the means or the talent or the alternative things to do like you do to, to leave that 
job. It may not be right for. I'm just saying. I I know for a yeah. fact many people. I'm not. I won't name them, but I know people that work in churches that feel and have felt exactly the way you do, and they they that's their job. There's not. They're not leaving. Yeah, and just right. just for the record, Matt, we get emails from strangers yeah. who have articulated that exact thing. Yeah. yeah, I talk I talk to friends all the time. They're telling me, "Oh man, you're leaving." God, I want to. I, I want wish to. I now, could. Here, and now yeah. here's what the big conundrum is too. I'm leaving, and I'm saying how much I I dislike what I'm doing right now, and I'm trying to figure out why that is and what I'm saying and figure out my, articulate this, and then my best friend's working at that church. <laughs> yeah. yeah there's so, a lot like, I, that. so that's the other thing. Honestly, on the ride over here, Joey and I were kind of talking about that. Uh, seriously, like, how do I, I, I feel like I've been a negative influence on him, too. Like, I think me moving so and too. maybe moving around. <laughs> Which is so moving bizarre because I feel Moving away from opposite. Charleston, too, is like, I, this is not, like, if Joey sees something, I, I, I've told him this, he doesn't always agree with me. I feel like he he can see things less uh, emotionally, more rationally. Mm-hmm. At like, hey, well, what does this mean? I respect this person. Why did they do this? You know, like where I just I'm Toby. Mm-hmm. I go into Toby mode of emotion and hot headed and young, And I'm like, I don't I don't want to immediately do that. That's All not right, the way. So I I agree that that happens sometimes, but you don't realize you're a, a naturally argumentative person, and you stretch yourself to bring out other perspectives that aren't natural for you. So what you overlook are the many times where I have complained to you or um, confided in you with things that are really bothering me. And Toby does not just go the route of, oh, yeah, I'm going to feed into this. You're like, well, you know, because you work on that. You know what I'm saying? So when, especially when you when you first came on staff, I, w- I felt kind of just like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. And my best friend coming on staff, who was coming right out of Mars Hill with kind of a different church perspective and kind of a different energy. Yep. I mean, it was actually super helpful. So I'm not dis- I'm not discounting the fact that sure you have been uh, a probably a, a negative influence on me sometimes, but I would say probably just as much a positive. But well, I know that, you don't. That, see and that. and that is the the conundrum, the problem that hits me. I like so many people at the church that I work at. Right. I I I think that they're all good people and doing things that that god is calling them to do and so why am i sitting here being negative towards it like yep. screw you toby you know seriously like i who am i and so but some something's going on there so what is it and, and that's when i realized seriously i think it might be the holy spirit saying why are you here yeah you know it, you don't have to have a calling that's just the church or whatever and i believe maybe joey does have that calling calling and he's figuring it out as yeah, well you, but you're anyway. not arguing that joey leave but we'll, we'll get right. to that i don't think joey should yeah he yeah. should not and, and he thinks not either so but the, there's another whammy there why leave charleston yeah you can quit your job but you also are leaving the state i'll answer that one too uh the the music business in nashville i mean it's it's definitely toby i i'll say this about toby charleston is like his favorite place i can't Mm -hmm. even say that about about i can't say that personally i love charleston because it's where i grew up where my family's at and everything but you love charleston weather the you love the the beaches and all that stuff i don't really care that much about the beaches i would rather live in the mountains so it's actually kind of a sacrifice for you to leave Charleston. Yeah, it really was. That was the big thing. Even I've been thinking about quitting working at the church for a while, but I did not think I would be moving until literally last within the last three months, uh, maybe even less than that, just because I was like, well, like Jess and I went up and checked it out, and it is true. Like I do want to re- write country music. I do want to write a solo record. I do want to meet people. And here it's like a beautiful dead end for what I'm doing because it's hard to meet people and connect and hang out and go to a bar and have a beer with somebody that's writing music and stuff like that, you know, that's doing stuff in the industry as well. So, plus, honestly, Jess is from the Midwest, and Nashville is just so much more uh, up her alley. She Mm -hmm. just loves that area. She likes, I mean, 
She likes the mountains. Uh, she likes, you know, the weather getting cold, potentially snow. Uh, one day we might have a basement. <laughs> it sounds silly, right. but all those things. So happy wife, happy life as well. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, that's something. There's a lot of stuff that you're doing. So I think it's like, again, it's really big courage on your part to quit that, not have the benefit, especially with medical stuff, your wife's medical, and to move away. Uh, and you're not, it's not like you're even moving. I mean, you know some people there, but it's not like you're moving to Seattle where I am or anything. You're doing this whole other right. thing. So I, I quite respect it. What if, what if it goes bad? Will you quit or move back? Like what? I mean, essentially, you've quit here to become a full time creative, which is very, very loose. I mean, that, and and then you're right. you know you're the primary earner in your house, and it's pretty yeah. scary, what is, right? What does going bad look uh, like? I mean, yes, but, get, what, yeah, that's what I'm asking. Was I mean, what, how will you determine if this works if you go broke or what? I, well, that exact question I think is why I had a panic attack. I <laughs> 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 uh, I. I uh, I always feel pretty relaxed about stuff, and I do trust God, but I think I do boil some things. Or th things are sometimes boiling under the surface that I don't realize, and I might be more stressed than I think. So um, I don't know, man. I, I guess here's the thing. I do believe in God. I do believe that I will work my tail off no matter what. And I have, you know, I, I was like, you know, no matter what, worst case scenario, everything falls apart. Music, podcasting, everything ends. I'll Uber if I have to to take care of my family. I'll work five jobs, you know, I'll work mm -hmm. at a gas station or a warehouse or a factory, whatever it takes, cut grass. I know that I will work hard to keep my family okay. So worst case scenario is we have less money. That doesn't mean less happiness. So yeah. overall, I think that'll be okay. And worst possible case scenario, everything falls apart and we go move to, back to Missouri and live with Jess's mom in her basement, right. which is a humongous house. That's, like mm -hmm. my worst case scenario is, is better than most people. You know right. what I mean? Like I, I can't complain about that. I mean, you've moved so many times and I just, I do find that a really great quality in a person. If, as long as it's not, you're not running away from problems. That is like when we moved to Seattle, we found each other and said, let's do this. Let's do something extreme. Let's move across the country. Let's give it six months. What's the worst that could happen? And then stuff works out when you make, profound decisions like big change in life is always scary and it's usually good yeah um is, is basically the bottom line and there's so many people some of my best friends who talk about moving or they want to move or, or do stuff I, well I, specifically here i'm thinking of dave our drummer and andy our bass player they both have dreamed about moving from their home cities and they haven't and they probably won't but they kind of want to and I'm always trying to think, well, how can Toby do it? Because I mean, I've moved once, but Toby, you move your whole family a ton of times and take right. really wild chances, and that is just the best. It's just so great. And I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't disrespect other people's decisions, but I admire this set when you. When, and I really would encourage other people, I think, to take chances when you can. Like, what's the worst that could happen? We live in a safe place. When people talk about losing their health care, their benefits, or some money, they talk about. They, they usually transfer that and say, well, I have to feed my kids is the thing. Right. But there, there is no danger of your kids not getting calorie right. intake. And there's actually no danger of your kids not getting medical care either. So all you're really talking about is protecting status quo or maybe your bank account. Or I mean, I know people that go bankrupt. It's fine. They're not, they right. never go hungry, and they never don't have a place to live, and they never can't go to the hospital. So right. what are you right. really talking when, when people talk all conservative about risk? Well, it might, might wouldn't be wise to move my family. I don't want to take a chance there. Well, we have medical care. That couches it in that. So, therefore, we might be on the street and not be able to go in the emergency room or get any calorie intake in two months from now. Not a possibility. Right. So, if you're doing risk-reward, the worst possible thing is here, your bank account gets down to zero. 
and you still and everything's fine. Yeah, and that won't even happen. And I it mean, won't happen. Uh, exactly. Right. Worst case scenario is we'll be out a few a few thousand dollars because we couldn't pay something and we had to break a lease or something like that. But it's not. I'm not really worried about that. I think. I, I guess here's what I think. Like I realized. I told Ruby the yesterday. I was like, "This is so crazy." I said, "Ruby, do you know that you lived in more places than your papa and nana?" Like, like <laughs> Ruby's lived in Seattle. She's lived in South Carolina. She's lived in Missouri, and now she's headed to Tennessee, and mm-hmm. she's six years old. And for a second, I was like, "Hey, is this bad?" Am I, or like, no, we, it's not bad. Are we crazy?" And then I thought, "No, you know what? Like, it's okay. Like, she knows." And the reason it's okay is because this. I do feel like I'm doing the right thing. I'm not. I'm not taking a chance and like because it's all about me. Like I think this is for our family. Like I'm actually doing this for. I think us. it's great for your kids yeah. to get that yeah. diversity and experience and and you know demonstrate that their dad is a, a, a you know has is able to do stuff. Not to mention the stuff you're able to do. But right. here's my next question: Is do you recommend other people do this kind of stuff? Like it's a really interesting question because it's one where you might only could give an egotistical answer or a vague answer, but do, I mean, you must think there's something special about you that has the skills to pay the bills because I, I don't see you recommend, recommending some other worship leader at some other campus to, to try, take, go to Nashville and try to make it. Well, you know what well, I mean? Here, well, here's what I'll say. Like uh, our, our drummer, John, at our church, he's been wanting to move either like to Nashville or uh, maybe L.A. or maybe even like New York, Brooklyn area or something like that. And I, tell, I told him, and I think he's doing it it's kind of similarly to what we did when we first did it. We said, okay. We want to move somewhere. And so we worked all summer, the summer before, and I worked and I saved money. And then we all said, we'll live in the smallest, cheapest place, and we'll do all this stuff. Like, if you're willing to sacrifice, like, really sacrifice, like, would, if you want to move somewhere, will you work for a year and save every penny and not go see movies or eat out or, you mm-hmm. know, buy any? Like, if you really want something, then, yeah, then it, then it means something. Like, that. that's the thing. I've been working for this my whole life. Like, I, I, I should have moved to Nashville way long, a way long time ago. I should have put myself out there. So I've been working on this, doing music, doing yeah. podcasting for a long time. Like, we've worked on this podcast for years now. Mm-hmm. It's really crazy. Like, this wasn't even, a, we hadn't even ever recorded a podcast until I moved to Charleston from Missouri. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's just crazy how long ago that is. Yeah. And so I, I think if you're willing to sacrifice, like we did when we started Emory, or like we even did moving here and, and like, okay, we're going to be away from family now. And, and what does this mean? And moving our kids. I think then, yeah, it's worth it. Yeah, I mean, but most people don't have that flexibility in their 40s. It's easy to advise a 20-year-old to do it, but you're 40, and it's crazy. I mean, I think it's True. an insane thing to do, and it's almost not advisable for other people in a, in a way because it, if you take it seriously, you know a lot of our listeners right now right. are probably – they. <laughs> it's not a stretch to say that most people have a job. A lot of the people listening to our show work at a church, feel right. unsatisfied <laughs> because they listen to this, and they probably have some other aspiration or dream <laughs> that is pretty much the everybody that works at a church that's in work. <laughs> Worship. So, that's not their first priority. I don't care what you say. Almost every worship leader is in the position you just were in. I don't know if you would advise all them. So to like, do the there's same. thousands, thousands, and thousands of people listening right now going, right. "Me too." Right. I should. I, that's what I'm saying. I kind of want to clarify. Like, I'm not saying move everybody. If you're don't a worship move. leader and don't like your church, don't go to L.A. to try to make it. I don't. That's not what I'm saying. I have all the confidence in the world in you. However, so th- right. I can only say it that way. So you must have that same. Same one, too. But I remain skeptical for other people. My advice to you has strongly been to do this for a long time. <laughs> but yeah. I, don't, I don't think everybody should. Yeah, I, well, I mean, yeah, this is what I want to do. This is really 100% what I want to do. Everybody wants to, though, but you can, right? Everybody wants to be a songwriter and a performer for a living. That's true. You just can. I hope I can, yeah. yeah. I, I believe strongly in myself. That Now, that also, I could fail. <laughs> That's what keeps me up at night. But, yeah, I think I can do it. Okay. I do. I'm, I'm going to try, and I'm 
probably going to do it. Well, it's one. I mean, it's, it's, you know, I, I mean, I mean it in a genuine way. I respect the hell out of it. It's quite inspiring, and I'm excited because you're going to get to do more creative output, which right. which pumps me up. But the things they're going to be working on is comedy, podcast, songwriting, Emory, Matt and Toby, solo stuff. We're going to do a clothing company here soon. That's going to have some nice stuff in it that you've been working on. Um, I mean, you probably do other. You probably start doing a better job on this show. Hell Maybe yeah. we'll make a movie, documentary, and we're writing a book. I mean, there's a lot of things there. So those are all those are still more things than you'll have time to do. But I'm glad that you're gonna get get into those. And I would I would add with that given that list that I just rattled off there of things that Toby and and us will be working on, this is probably a legitimate, sincere time to say it would be really sweet if anybody who's thinking about joining the bc club would actually join i know i don't really mean that as a joke because i wrote that stuff down on the list of like well what stuff right. is toby gonna work on we're writing a book we're making a documentary we'd like to make more movies toby's doing another podcast and actually working on comedy and other songwriting for matt and toby emory um launching more products hopefully something that could make some money for us at some point uh, and doing a better job on this podcast is a priority to us so all those things i mean and you're just laying down a a uh, real salary and benefits now. So we don't have a ton of plans yeah. to, to cover all that money right away, but we're going to do everything we can. So, you know, that's uh, what supporting the BC Club goes directly to that this type of thing. For sure. We're trying to get some, some financial security for Toby for at least six months here to uh, make sure that it makes sense and that he can not have to Uber. Is what I'm is my goal for you to if you have to whatever but I'm gonna tr we're gonna try to make it where you don't have to Uber for a few months until we figure out how to you know make money off your skills but looking forward to it very much I I am really excited so is my wife and so are my kids so I just we're gonna do it so yeah well thank you for everybody's support on this now can I ask Joey a few questions oh gosh yes <laughs> all right shoot <laughs> well I mean legitimately Joey what are your feelings about because I mean you lose your work buddy and you lose him from the state I mean that I feel bad for you for that reason and do you see it as my fault for talking him into it nah okay i i actually nah. i think you've kind of given a somewhat of a balanced uh approach in my opinion because you've also told toby part of the reason why he works at a church is because he has such a hard time with it i don't know if you remember saying that but um i think i've proven myself to be a pretty honest guy i mean i've basically told ten thousand people that i showed my dad my penis at like 23 years old so uh, I think people will believe me. When You're I not say a deceitful I, one, though. No. Yeah, I, I'm. I think I'm. I mean, I'm fine with everything. Like, I feel like I'm gonna miss working with Toby at church, and that's it. I mean, I'm not gonna miss <laughs> Toby. Well, well, think about it. <laughs> I, I mean, hanging out outside the church. No, not gonna, uh, we don't. We don't that much. We do podcasting together. I mean, think about it. Toby and I spend an enormous amount of time together. We don't also need to go get a beer together you know what i'm saying i mean we literally i, I would if you would ask <laughs> so i guess what i'm saying is I, i'm not gonna miss toby because i'm actually <laughs> going to pop i'm gonna podcast with toby once a, a week we're gonna hang out in that capacity i also i'm kind of excited because you know we've we've communicated how toby and i both being on staff at a church limits how much we travel with bad christian because both of us being away not good me being away for four or five days at a time, not a big deal at all. So I think it opens doors. And I do, I mean, I, I'm right 
with with you, Matt, as far as I do think Toby needs to do this, as far as we all know that he's a great creator and everything. So, yes, I will miss Toby at the workplace. I mean, you can say but, it's kind of I'm sad, all, right, at least. I'm not trying I to make it I, overplay no, it. This is killing me. I'm, it's not even sad to you? This, this hurts. I don't. Right now, I don't see it as a sad God thing. God in mean, heaven. I, I, I'll say Toby, this. Toby, you might can see it as denial. I'm hoping that he feels a the, little sad about the, it somewhere. The, pros, the prospect of, like, our family. I mean, Matt feels sad. I'm sad for you. away from you. <laughs> the prospect of like our kids not growing up together and families not hanging out and everything, yeah, that's that, all that's sad. But I, I don't know. I'm, <laughs> wow, I'm a grown, I'm a grown ass man. I mean, well, I'm for sabbatical changed the hell out of you. Good God. <laughs> now, Joey, do you think that you're going to be able to handle podcasting, the tech setup, and and the morale part of doing this thing by yourself? You know, like we're going to be doing this daggum podcast in three locations, which is going to irritate the hound out of me. But yeah, are you gonna are you you think that's going to be a problem? Or are you good to go on that? Uh, no, I'm not good to go and I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do this. I, I, my, my biggest fears are, what does it mean? Like, I don't work at church anymore. What does that mean about me and my life? And also your tech, tech savviness with podcasting. Those are the two fears I have with like a, a, the next few months for sure. Cause I am terrible at technology and I can't believe it. You are worse. It's almost unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you. I'm going to say I'm going to throw out one more thing that we're probably not going to get through on this episode today, but we'll do. We can do it right. another time. And that is, I am curious now that the untanglement of this a little bit. I wonder exactly what kind of stuff Joey's going to do in a different way now. And so, one thing I know we've been talking about is: are are you thinking that you're going to start more of a, a local ministry or church or do other stuff there? And I know you're interested. You're writing your your own book. Right, uh, which you've already turned in almost everything of your book about mental illness and all, all that stuff. Yeah, I think that book, by the way, is going to be one of the greatest books ever written. I think it's going to be great. I want to say too. that. Well, and here's why. Here's why. I know that sounds kind of goofy. And the working but... title is, Hey, Dad, Here's My Penis. <laughs> for for people that like nonfiction, you get nonfiction. It's, it's real stories. For people that like fiction, these are real stories that are better than fiction because it's the most insane thoughts and experiences that I went through as a legalistic, insane OCD person and I think that uh it's it's actually pretty funny there's some some good humor in yeah, there I can't and, wait we to have, more of it. and we have Matt Johnson who is very gifted at uh this whole thing you know working with me on it so I do I'm actually going to try to get on a lot of podcasts because I think it's something that pretty much anybody would enjoy mm-hmm. reading because it's it's real stuff. But as far as the whole church thing, yeah. yeah let I mean, let I, me say it this I, way. I, I'll okay, let you, okay. Say it this. Sorry, way. I'm just let me frame no, it no, no, no. The, the way I want to, which is okay. Frame it. I'm excited about this because our business and the, or the business that I work in day in and day out, running BC and related industries, I've really enjoyed that for this last year. And now we're going to have Toby not with his day job, and he's going to be able to full-time pursue the things that he wants to. And although I know you're keeping your job, I'm thinking of this as a refocus where all three of us will be doing more stuff that we really want to work on in a productive way. And I know part of that for you, your heart there, which I'm excited about, is church or community and doing stuff there. So that set, if that sets the table for why I'm looking at like what are Toby, Matt, and Joey all going to be doing? Yeah. You know, independently and still together starting in next month. Which Toby, your date, we didn't even say that. When you when you're leaving? Uh the beginning of July. Beginning of July. It's gonna be a new chapter yeah. for for bad Christians. What I'm that's what I'm boiling all this down it to. It really is like this that's what I'm saying. Like it's really crazy. Like we've kind of become 
a business or, or like it's really funny because we're it's us three and we do have people working with us and we're kind of like uh we see something we're just going to do it and it's it's been really cool and now it's becoming legitimized yep. to a point where it is taking so much time and energy and it needs more mm-hmm. and we want it to be good and better and so that's what's kind of crazy yeah so joey are you pastor for life might you quit and what are your ambitions all right so We've said this before, and I'll say it again. The the church that Toby and I and uh, soon to be just me works at it's it's a kick ass church because it's led by people that don't need to have everything in this tight fist. They like attracting people to work there that will be creative and have different ideas and that sort of thing. So obviously, because we we've, we've had church leaders write us like, "How in the world does Greg Surratt let you do bad Christian?" or you know how. That sort of thing. So um, I have all, you know, people at Seacoast, they know I'm wired up a little bit differently. I see things differently. And that's obvious from this podcast, too. Well, I've also been pretty open with I want to figure out a way for people that that don't like church, don't care about the Sunday morning routine. They don't trust it. They don't understand uh, buying buildings and all that stuff. I mean, I understand that stuff. But there's a lot of people that are just like, this is just, uh, everything's like, Matt, you've said it before. There's people that are just like, everything seems like bullshit to me, except for the Jesus, the Jesus thing. So I want to uh, start figuring out how to still, you know, give community to people that don't want to find it at a Sunday morning sort of routine. So mm-hmm. I guess what I would like to do is is start community, and it sounds crazy, but I think eventually start communities worldwide to where you remove all the money stuff as far as you don't need to support a pastor financially. All the money is out in the open. All the money is fluid. It goes to needs within the community, outside the community. Remove all the Christian slash church stuff, you know, like, oh, you got to have this particular guy giving particular sermons every single Sunday. You have to have this ministry, that ministry. Oh, no, you just remove all that because you know what? All we need is community, prayer, sacraments, and that sort of thing. And it's there's way more details to all of this. Yeah, we'll do that. I, we'll do some yeah, of that another I, time. I'm, but I'm I'm interested to hear that idea. I'm but, pretty excited, and there's you know Toby knows who some of these people are. There's already yeah. people in Charleston that are very very psyched. These are mm-hmm. people that have have been in the big time uh you know mega church culture or contemporary church culture and have been a huge uh benefit to mm-hmm. church because they love church as a whole and they don't necessarily see it as opposing views yeah. as much as no there's something else needed. So there's already a team of people that are excited to pursue something differently and I believe that this this model that we'll have in Charleston will be easily replicated and dare I say I think as <laughs> You sound really like a pastor right now. I like think, is, oh, I think as I think I shouldn't say this, but I could see this. <laughs> I have a dream. No, I think that I think that there will be bad Christian communities around the world because yep. I think what we but, start in Charleston will be replicated, and I think we will be able to help foster that. And you know what? If people want to just listen to what we talk about on the podcast and do it without having any connections with us, that's fine too. Yeah. But I want to have some sort of a formalized. You're saying that one day you might could hear this, like you could be sitting in a living room in Germany and hear "Ich nein der Felder Kunst bad Christian." Yeah, that's yeah. what you're telling me. Yeah. Good Lord, what well, a so, vision! But, so essentially, we're <laughs> that's looking a hell of a vision. <laughs> well, we're going to support that. I mean, it's going to be part of this whole thing, and you know, we support each other, obviously, and all this stuff's interrelated. So we may be doing something along the lines of constructively a 
a BC community or BC church, like legitimately. Yeah, well, well, is that the well, idea? Well, here, here, Hold on, here's the thing. No, you talk forever. This is my day, my big news. You're trying to rob it. So why you just made fun of Germans? This is no, I didn't. I said Schneider Felderkin. That's actually real. That's real good. Two things. We got to get to the damn news. We've been talking about this forever. And what's really neat about all this is we are creating a model with this where we are trying to make a living. We're trying to earn income. And also, we want to use those resources to, like, change, change the church. Stuff, right. change, right. To, to make make entertainment accessible right. for everybody. Like, we want to normalize Christianity, maybe. We want to make it not seem so goofball and crazy and, and make it a little bit more real. So all the people that have supported us financially with mm-hmm. your time with your ears i mean it, it's going to happen that's what i think is cool this yep, is right. it's like a neat stage of where we're at there's well, not here, there's no more what if with bad christian all right, Matt, it, kick it the music. no 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 we'll no, talk about say, this next time i want to say one more thing is he, here's uh, is this about your church and no. how all the great stuff you're going to change the world great no uh what i think is neat <laughs> is a lot, I, oh, people a lot of saved <laughs> A lot of how does it feel? Oh, oh, I'm gonna start a church, chase the world. A lot of what we are talking about right now has already happened organically, as far as people meeting in cities. Organically, I'm interested. There's already a bunch of movements and stuff where people say organic church. You know what I mean? No, Joey's gonna start a non-GMO church. Right. What I'm saying is inorganic. What church. we're talking about has kind of naturally happened in in cities already. I just want to help make it a little more uh, formalized and, and let let other people be a part of it. So, yep. in other words, just giving it enough structure to where people all around the world can be a part of these communities. That's it. Well, I'm super pumped on it. And again, I'm I'm sincerely asking people to support us in any of the ways yeah. that they do. I mean, really, it's more of a thank you that it, this exists. Proof of concept here. I think we're having a real impact. If I, if I, what did Joey say? Dare I say? We're having, dare I, I think, say? <laughs> dare I say? I think some ideas that we have and elbow room we've cleaned out from <laughs> just pushing the boundaries is, is helping other people be able to to push boundaries and feel comfortable where they're at too. So yeah, this this whole thing works hundred percent. It works enough for Toby to quit his job. It works enough for Joey to push in the boundary from him. For it looked like a full time thing for me. Thank you, everybody. This also would be a good time if you want to support or get behind it. We got good stuff coming, both creative, entertainment, and even ministry related. We're going to pony up to that eventually. Everybody always asks, and I think, yeah, I think that's important. I'd love to support and use some of our money and time to support a boots on the ground thing that's like ministry. And I can't think of anybody more qualified than Joey Svensson. <laughs> that is right. <laughs> good. All right, Matt, kick the music for me. In a world, in that world, man, where dare I say the world is changing because of bad Christian and a man that we call Joseph Svensson. Are you going to start to say Jesus Christ? No, are you going to start going by Joseph? No, <laughs> maybe this. No. Are you starting a cult? It's too late. To Did you start Joseph a BC now? cult when you? Yeah, didn't we tell are going to start a cult. That's a great idea. Damn it, Joey started a cult and didn't even tell. We got to call him Pastor. <laughs> no, Prophet Joseph Svensson. Prophet Joseph. <laughs> All right, here we All go. All right. Let's kick it. Uh, I thought this was interesting because people say we talk a lot, right? But uh, I hope that you think all your stories are interesting. You, you know, don't need to start off with that. They say yeah. women talk, talk a lot more than men. Oh, Not totally. in my household, they don't. That's, in fact, that's scientific. this is a dead true story, not exaggerating. Matt, one Matt, why don't you just bit. go with it? Why are you, why are you uh, pushing back on <laughs> it? I'm just adding go with it. to what Busted. Toby was talking about. What Busted. do you mean? I'm not pushing anything. I'm adding to it and saying that 
people say not in our t- house. Here's Toby the exception. Said, stop it. Toby said <laughs> we people say we talk a lot, and my point is to lend credibility to that. To that, I will say my daughter looked at we were in the hot tub at Disneyland. Yeah. My daughter, I was teaching her to spell a word or something like that. Right. Like going over how to spell the word pool. And she says, Daddy, I promise you, there's nobody else out there, just me and her. And she looks at me and says, Daddy, hot tub is for relaxing, not talking. <laughs> I promise you said that. <laughs> that is killer. That's something you got to write down, man. So, Matt, you might fall into the women category here. But so this comes from uh, New York Daily News. Gene, uh, Gene may explain why women talk more than men, says the study. And truth, universally acknowledged that women, it's true that uh, women talk a lot. And science frequently backs up that claim. Women utter more words per day than men, about 20,000 to men's 7,000, according to one study. And the female sex gift for language starts young with girls learning to speak and read faster than boys. Why exactly has yet to be determined, but new research published in the Journal of Neuroscience points to a possible answer. Girls' brains contain higher levels of a protein produced by a gene that's partially responsible for our ability to vocalize. Wow. Researchers from the University of Maryland have been uh, studying this and found that girls' brains contain 30% more FOXP2, F-O-X-P2 protein than boys. The major finding that we discovered was that this protein is involved in vocalization. We can't say this is the end-all, be-all reasoning, but it is one of the first avenues with which we can start to explore why women tend to be more verbal than men. And it goes on to talk a little bit more about this. But, hey, does this mean that they're going to be able to find a medicine to just calm it down well, a how little about bit this, with females? Though? I, I, here's the thing. I was thinking about this, and I was like, well, I must talk more than Jess. So I started paying attention a little bit the other day. And, Joey, I don't, I don't know. I, Priscilla talks a lot, right? I mean, wouldn't you say she's a, I mean, she's a talker? Like Hell she, to she, the yeah. Okay. So you think she talks more than you probably? Uh, right? Hell to the uh, exclamation but, mark. But, like, I don't think my wife thinks of more topics or more things specifically to talk about this. But I was, I was listening. I, I, t- I just took, like, a day last week, and I was just trying to focus on, like, how much is Jess saying? Because everybody always says, oh, you must talk. So, and Jess, always, everybody makes fun of me for talking way more, right, than my wife. But I think that Jess, and I'm, I'm maybe I'm generalizing here, but I think females don't, like, I have a ton of topics I might bounce around on, and I'm, I'm scatterbrained talking about this, talking about this, talking about that, talking about that. But Jess has a few topics, but she really wants to explain it to me. So I, I was thinking, like, she might use more words, but it's not – guys might be a little bit more concise and to the point. Like, for us, it's, hey, I'm going to the grocery store to get groceries. That's it, right? But Jess might say to me, I'm going to go to the grocery stores, grocery store because i got to get this, 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 and this. And then, oh, you uh-huh. know what? We probably are out. So she's, in essence, saying the exact same thing as me, but needs to. Just Maybe less efficiently. Maybe. Like, I think- like she's trying to say more. And then that's why sometimes, you know, the, one of the biggest arguments men and women have a lot of times is you're not listening to me or whatever. And the guy honestly probably thinks, I've, I, know, I know what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, well, look. I got it. I've already received all the information I need. Yeah, got but it. We need, but we have to understand that females are just trying to explain it so they can actually understand it, I guess, and get it out all the way out. Yeah, yeah. it's a different thing. But it's just like Bridget will call me on her way home from work. And, or she'll call me and start telling me about her work day. And I'm thinking, okay, um... Yeah, this is interesting. And then I say, where are you? She goes, oh, I'm five, five, five minutes from the house. I'm like, you're calling. <laughs> That's the same problem. And she's just telling me what she did all day. Exactly. Right. Like telling me facts about what she did. And then she went here and this person said this. Right. And I was like, where are you? I'll be home in five minutes. I'm like, whoa. 
this is insanely boring and inefficient. I mean, you'll be home. You could just tell me in a minute. But yeah, that that's part of the difference there. <laughs> yeah, I guess well, it's because of pro- that protein. The, here, here's one of the problems I have, and I totally understand where Priscilla's coming from, but she doesn't feel as connected to me if she doesn't know about my day. And I don't want to talk about my day. I want to just come home, hang out with, with my wife, talk about other things. Now, sure, there's, there's some times when something big happened or there's something going on with a person that's interesting. But as far as me just narrating what happened in my day, right. I just don't care. And, mm-hmm. and you know, but I, I will say that she has learned over the years, hey, sometimes just cut Joey some slack and forfeit that need to know about my day. And then sometimes I need to be like, well, screw it. I'm, I'm going to give her step by step of, of what happened. But I think words connect females hearts to other people like they need do you remember the time listen to this matt one time the way y'all say so, females is hilarious I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and point this out i'm pretty sure that the way that, that you using female like that is exactly on par saying with african-american no it was on par with calling gays homosexuals <laughs> like it's it's a little bit de- demeaning that you refer to them as yeah. females i Ladies. think like so you don't the, say males nobody says oh well males are you, you say guys but you're okay. being some careful, dis, you know, Girls. removed way from saying females like there's Woman. something. I don't think they, they like that is my point. I'm not right, sure. So I could be wrong. With, oh, but they like you calling them they. All right. So like with hose, with hose, they. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> all right. So seriously, listen to this, Matt. One time. Women uh, Toby, will do. Toby and I met. Sluts. At... <laughs> <laughs> the only way you can honor women. And say that right is there go by sluts. Yep. Yeah, and if you want to go, take it to a deeper level. No, we don't. Horse sluts. <laughs> All right, so um, Toby and I, we meet each other at Chick-fil-A with the kids on a Friday. I think Jessica and Priscilla were uh, doing a job together and stuff. Whores. <laughs> Toby and I God. literally sit down. Uh, I'm sitting down, down eating breakfast with my kids. Toby walks in with his kids. A couple of the kids run into the playground. My kids are eating. Toby sits down at a table where he's facing me, I'm facing him. Matt, literally 10 minutes go by, and Toby and I have not said a word to each other. We haven't greeted each other, but we're hanging out. Right. And we feel like, oh, we're friends. We're like, we got our kids. We're hanging out. We did not need to say anything to each other. We did not say hi. We didn't say good morning. We didn't say how are your kids. We're just like, huh, we're just hanging out. I want to say this, too, and and I hope this this probably sounds sexist, but I do think women often uh, sometimes feel more of an obligation, like you said, to – talk so that the other person feels comfortable and they, and they, so that wears them out a little bit so they don't i don't know if all sometimes i think women feel like they can't be themselves until they're around their husband so i think sometimes jess uh will talk a lot to me because she feels totally like she can trust me right she's just gonna get it all out you know yeah. what i mean like because other people she just doesn't talk to that much or maybe is worried that they don't want to hear her or she, you know there's a lot of uh, uh body language and and oh is this person like me doesn't like oh she's thinking a bunch of things and it's uncomfortable so when she's around me she can say whatever she wants and i'm just a dude so it's, it's easier for her to talk to me probably than females i think yeah all right that's it for the news we're kind of running along and i, I kind of want can we talk about the bc club for a minute can we get taylor on here yeah i'm gonna bring it home i have a, a call ta- schedule with taylor i'm gonna see if i can ring him right now uh to talk about the bc club he's the guy that that runs it part of our staff that runs the bc club taylor atkins see if i can ring him up Hello, Taylor. Hey, Taylor. Hey, you're live on the podcast. So we we we've uh, let me give you an update here, Taylor. You're the guy that runs our BC club. Everybody in the on the team and in the community know you. Um, I do. We just gave a big announcement about Toby 
leaving his church job, moving to Nashville, doing that full time, and Joey starting more of a local community and some kind of BC ministry church in Charleston. So I've laid it on thick and heavy to this audience about the BC Club and, and what it goes to and what it supports and stuff for being in the future. And so you've always t- told 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 me that we should give a better pitch for it, a more authentic one. And I think we've done as much as you could ever do in the episode today to genuinely say what's going on <laughs> and why we need uh, support right now. So I thought it would be good to bring you in and let you know that and then a- ask if you had any thoughts on it or any updates on how the club is going. Well, I mean, basically it comes down to this is a matter of life and death. That's right. Uh, Food on the table, on the, table. Uh, the ability for uh, kids to survive. Have an survive. It's about survival, really. I know. Yeah. I want to see the Packers play the Titans in Nashville. Yeah. So. Toby, I think you got to get rid of one of your kids if things yeah. don't turn around. Yeah, you're right. So, what do you got for us, Taylor? Well, you know, it, it's been neat to see the BC Club continue to grow. And what's been really cool is we have our BC Club Facebook, and we've talked about that a lot. I, I don't know if we've talked about it enough um, because it is a really, really neat community. Of folks in there, and you know, I wish I could have all of them on here to kind of describe it a little bit better. But I've seen folks come on there and talk about how you know they, they throw around the word "y'all are like my family" or it's weird because I've never met you guys before. But there, sometimes there's folks going on there and sharing stuff with the club that they haven't shared with their own family, with their mm-hmm. friends. They haven't shared with uh, folks. They say like, you know, I've gone to this church for ten years and I haven't felt comfortable saying this, but uh, in this group, you know, I, I feel welcome because uh it, it i wouldn't even say it's because it's a lot of like-minded people if anything no, they're not like you got folks no, they're, no. They're diverse <laughs> opinion wise for sure right but i think it, it, it's a neat experience a neat opportunity to kind of come together and everyone feels they're in a place where it's not about so much do we agree with each other but we can kind of explore these different avenues and ideas and so um obviously joining the bc club you're supporting everything that bc is doing and that's everything from the podcast to the book releases to the album releases to some of the things that we got going on behind the scenes that we haven't really put out there yet but that we're allowing these funds to help be the foundation for that but you know you do get to be a kind of a part of this cool community and i'll throw in a pitch out there for uh for audio feed coming up because there's a lot of folks from the bc club that i know are going to be getting together at audio feed and it'll be the first time a lot of them meet in person even though a lot of these friends have been going on for months and you're going to be there as well right taylor i will be in audio i'm coming up from san antonio texas i'll be up there uh for a couple of days especially the the day we have all the bad christian stuff going on taylor you he'll be running the uh merch so anybody that wants to meet taylor he will be officially there not just as a goer he's going to be working with us there at the at the uh festival so taylor nailed it with this facebook page people take uh selfie videos and just kind of talk to people like that's the thing that goes on a lot there's prayer requests there's a there's people that need advice and it you nailed it man it is seriously like a community and what what i think is funny is there is a demographic which is the bc club where you know how some people are addicted to facebook some people are addicted to instagram some people are uh, addicted to certain chat stuff there are there are people that are just like okay guys i've really got to go to sleep and i've got to get off bc club facebook like there's a i mean because it it really is and and also there's really good discussions on there well the other thing about that that i think is interesting is i've seen and i don't post in there a lot i'm not a big poster but i do observe all you people on there and i do pay attention to it and i i can honestly say i've seen like development of people because it's been there for a while we've done it for over a year a couple years almost so there's people in there that i've thought were amazingly immature or had real problems that seem to be working through them and you can see it like see change even in people even in that group 
I won't name any names, but probably some really good stories in there, but people really pour their heart out there. And yeah, you're right. They're around words like family and that kind of stuff. So it's probably better than the perks you get is to be part of that community. But thank you, Taylor, for, for moderating it. Uh, not that you delete posts or anything, but paying attention and, and taking care of all the people in our club. Right. And, and I'll just say one last thing. I've talked to Matt about this before. You know, a lot of times when people are listening to the podcast, you're listening to it while you're out working out, you're walking the dog, you're driving. You're not at a place right now where you could probably stop and, and join the BC club. And it's, a, it's, it's hard to remember to do that. But I would encourage everyone to kind of like, if this is something you're interested in, you don't have to join it right away. You can email me, taylor at badchristian.com if you have any questions about the perks or anything like that. But we definitely try to give you your money's worth. Uh, it definitely helps us lay a foundation of funds that can create more things. And uh, would encourage everyone to get to your computer tonight, whenever it is you're listening to this and you're back at your computer later. Check out the BC uh, Club. Consider uh, getting involved and becoming a member. You know, it, it gives you the ability to email me with any complaints and uh, criticism you can give to me to make it better. And I will be happy to do what I can to make things better. Let me give one example of this rawness. It's about seven lines here. This is from, well, I won't say his name since it's on BC Club and not out in the complete public. He says, well, I'm sure a few on here have been here before, but I just can't seem to get the hang of this whole church service thing. The etiquette of stand, sit, etc. bemuses me. The songs seem bland and repetitive, and yet books like The Case of Christ convince me that Jesus is real. I can't help but wonder what is wrong with me. Everyone else seems to be getting it. People's arms are raised around me with blank looks on my face, wondering why I can't feel a presence. It seems to be right next to me. And, you know, comments and all sorts of good discussions. So well, Stephen Furtick. Good stuff. Stephen Furtick. Club member club. Furtick. And, and just so everybody knows, like, seriously, a percentage of what you give goes to feed hungry kids. They are my own. But still, That's right. they are hungry and they need to be No, fed. I think it's a genuine thing. Like, uh, you know, if you admire Toby and his big balls to, to take the chances he's doing, that you know, show it. And we appreciate you, Taylor, very much. We'll wrap this hard sell up. But, yeah, let's do it right now. If you've been meaning to do it, let's just do it. I won't, we won't talk about the club for a few more episodes here. But I don't feel too guilty about it, about hammering it. But thank you, Taylor, for telling them a, a direct call to action. Go do it right now. Badchristian.com slash contribute. Joey and I even wrote a song. Joey, kick the beat. Join Bad Christian or you're a bitch. Join Bad Christian Club. Join Bad Christian or you're a bitch. We'll find you and you will get your ass beat. Boom, boom. <laughs> Taylor wrote the lyrics for that, but we just put it to, I, I added the melody and Joey added the beat. Yeah. So thank Good. you, Taylor, for writing that. Good stuff, Taylor Atkins. Awesome, dude. Taylor Atkins in, in San Antonio. See you in audio feed. See ya. You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, jabberjawmedia.com.